Hello, this is Supriti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 15th of January. India reported over 2,68,000 fresh COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours. 402 fatalities were recorded in the same time period, which takes the country's total death toll to over 4,85,000, according to the Union Health Ministry. The positivity rate also increased from 14.7% to 16.66%. The confirmed cases of Omicron now stand at 6,041. The single-day case count in Delhi, West Bengal, Tamil Nadu and Karnataka remained above the 20,000 mark for the second consecutive day on Friday. Indian Express reported today that fewer tests for COVID-19 were being conducted in the capital, which explained the drop in cases in New Delhi yesterday. According to officials who spoke to the publication, the reduction in the number of tests is because of the change in the ICMR testing guidelines that no longer allows testing on demand. This means that only those who are symptomatic, have high-risk contacts or need to travel outside India are to be tested. Delhi Health Minister Satendra Jain said yesterday that over 75% of the people who have died were those who did not get their vaccines. Hindustan Times reported today that while the Omicron variant has been termed as mild, experts say that the term is misleading. Speaking to the publication, Dr. Anita Matthew, an internal medicine specialist at the Fortis Hospital in Mumbai said, and I quote, Calling this a mild wave sends a very wrong signal. When we have infections in such a large number, a considerable section of the population is going to need critical care. End quote. In the past 10 days alone, Mumbai's oxygen bed occupancy has gone up from 11.5% to 23.6%. ICU bed occupancy has also gone up from 19.6% to 29.3%. And the occupancy of ventilator beds has also increased from 23.3% to 34.7%. The report added that as cases rise, so will the need for critical care, irrespective of the variant, as a section of the population will always remain vulnerable on account of weak immunity and or comorbidities. In other news, in order to minimize risk to non-COVID patients in accessing medical facilities in hospitals amid a surge in coronavirus cases, the Odisha government has allowed the activation of telemedicine service for them, the Hindu reported. The state government issued an order asking telemedicine platforms to provide distance medical assistance to the needy. Yesterday, due to the rising number of cases, the Delhi government declared that all routine surgeries be cancelled in two of its biggest hospitals, Loknayak and Guru Tegh Bahadur. My colleague Shivangi Saxena reported on the impact of this decision on the ground. You can find her report on newslaundryhindi.com. It is titled, Delhi ke sarkari aspatalo mein kyun nahi mil raha hai non-COVID marizo ko ilaj. In some international COVID updates, Africa's fourth pandemic wave, which was driven primarily by the Omicron variant, is flattening after a six-week surge, the World Health Organization said in a statement. However, the WHO stressed, that the shortest-lived surge to date in the continent was steep and brief, but no less destabilizing. WHO Regional Director for Africa, Dr. Machi Diso Moiti said, and I quote, The crucial pandemic countermeasure badly needed in Africa still stands, and that is rapidly and significantly increasing COVID-19 vaccinations. The next wave might not be so forgiving, end quote. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 323 million people, 
and caused more than 5.52 million deaths, according to Johns Hopkins University. The assembly elections are just around the corner, and today the BJP announced its first list of candidates for the Uttar Pradesh poll. Chief Minister Adityanath will contest from Gorakhpur city, while Deputy Chief Minister Keshav Prasad Maurya will contest from Sirathu city in Prayagraj district. According to Union Minister Dharmendra Pradhan, the second list of candidates will be released shortly. Bhim Army Chief Chandrasekhar Azad today ruled out the possibility of an alliance with Akhilesh Yadav's Samajwadi Party for the assembly election. Azad additionally accused Yadav of insulting the members of Bahujan Samaj or the Dalit community. At the press conference, Azad said, and I quote, After all the discussions, in the end, I felt that Akhilesh Yadav does not want Dalits in this alliance. He just wants Dalit vote bank. He humiliated the people of Bahujan Samaj. I tried for one month and three days, but the alliance could not happen. End quote. Over the last week, leaders from several political parties, including three Bharatiya Janata Party ministers from the Uttar Pradesh cabinet, have joined Samajwadi Party. Indian Express reported today that after promising to give every woman in Punjab a monthly allowance of 1,000 rupees if voted to pa, the Ahmadbi Party has allotted only 10% of its seats to women. Of the 106 candidates that the AAP has announced so far for the 117-seat Punjab Assembly, only 12 are women. However, most of the 12 women who did get a ticket, Express said, are homegrown leaders who have worked their way into contention. Five states, which are Goa, Manipur, Punjab, Uttarakhand and Uttar Pradesh, are all voting to elect new assemblies in less than three months, and the country is waiting to watch it unfold. A team of reporters from News Laundry are going to be on the ground in all five states to bring you the reality on the ground without any frills, fear or favour. This is an NL Sena project, which means we need your support in funding this mission. We are yet to meet our goal amount, so please head over to our website newslaundry.com and contribute to the project. You can also share the project with your families and friends to spread the word. We are constantly trying to push ourselves to bring you the news coverage you deserve. As an independent news organization that does not rely on ads or favor from corporations or the government, your support is all we ask for. So if you aren't a subscriber already, become one today. Do your bit to keep news free and independent. Our lowest subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. Following a train crash in West Bengal's Jalpaiguri district that left 50 people injured, BJP leader Rupa Ganguly has alleged foul play and demanded a CBI inquiry into the accident, any now reported. In a Facebook post, Ganguly said, and I quote, Can the train get derailed on its own? Does the rail track understand the poles are due soon? There had not been any bad news about trains for years. A CBI probe should be ordered. One should not play with human lives. End quote. However, West Bengal BJP President Sukanta Majumdar responded saying that there should be no controversy over a human tragedy. He added that the cause of the accident would be known after the probe is completed. Twelve coaches of the Bikaner Guwahati Express train had derailed and some of them capsized near Domohani in Jalpaiguri district on Thursday. Northeast Frontier Railway Chief Public Relations Officer Gunit Kaur told East Mojo that an inquiry committee has been formed to find out the cause of the derailment. She added that the death toll in the incident had risen to nine, with three of the deceased yet to be identified. Today, External Affairs Minister S. Jai Shankar held talks with Sri Lankan Finance Minister Basil Rajapaksa 
and discuss projects and investment plans by India that would strengthen the economy of the island nation, Indian Express reported. A statement released by the Ministry of External Affairs said that Jay Shankar conveyed that India has always stood with Sri Lanka and will continue to support the country in all possible ways to overcome the economic and other challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic, First Post reported. During the virtual meeting, the ministers discussed the progress on the Trincomalee oil tank farms, which Jay Shankar said would contribute to energy security. Projects and investment plans by India that would strengthen the Sri Lankan economy were also considered. Additionally, Express reported Jay Shankar raised the issue of Indian fishermen in Sri Lankan custody and urged for their early release as a humanitarian gesture. The Hindu reported that 68 fishermen had been arrested between December 18 and 20th last year. However, the Indian High Commission in Sri Lanka is reportedly working to secure their early release. BBC reported today that tsunami warnings have been issued in several countries including Tonga, Fiji and New Zealand after a giant underwater volcano eruption. Tsunami waves have already hit Tonga and social media footage showed waves washing through a church and several homes. Witnesses also reported ash falling over the capital, Nuku'alofa. According to Tonga Geological Services, the plumes of gas, smoke and ash pouring from the volcano reached 20 kilometres into the sky. Residents from the capital have been urged to move to higher ground. The eight-minute eruption was violent enough to be heard as loud thunder sounds in Fiji, which is more than 800 kilometres away, officials in the capital, Suva, said. In New Zealand, which is more than 2,300 kilometres away, officials have warned of storm surges from the eruption. The National Emergency Management Agency said parts of the country could see strong and unusual currents and unpredictable surges at the shore. The explosion of the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai volcano was the latest in a series of eruptions. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 